welcome back to Musings of a Flea. I am Flea. This is episode 26 for January 17th, 2020. Yesterday was the busiest day. I got so much accomplished. In the morning, I had a doctor's visit. After that, I went straight to the university campus to get things ready for the new semester. Everything runs so much smoother than the last time I was in a university. Now, I did just come from a junior college, just graduated with my associates, but this is way different. They have like basically their own town in a secluded area. They had charging stations for your phone. They had a food court with five well-known restaurants. And here's the awesome thing. I was able to hold my place in line at the financial aid office using an app. It told me like you have 87 minutes, you are... 36th in line or something like that. And so while I was in line, quote unquote, I was in my advising appointment. So I came straight out of the advising appointment and went over to the financial aid office because I was about like second in line at the time I came out. And even if I wasn't ready, I could have pushed it back by like 10 minutes. And so everything was surprisingly efficient. I was able to get all of my books. I purchased most of them from Amazon. I rented them rather. And on the way home, I had been thinking about purchasing this game for a while. In case you didn't know this, Redbox, the video rental company, has been selling their games. They've been liquidating them out because they are getting out of the game rental business. In fact, for Christmas, I got my son Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville for 15 bucks, which was a nice discount. But I had also seen that Borderlands 3 was available to buy used for $17.99, which is a big discount from what they were anyway. So today I finally decided to go back and get it. I'm actually lucky that it was still there. I'd been sitting on the decision for what, two weeks, three weeks, but not a lot of people know that the games are on liquidation. I think, um, I had gotten the info from somebody in one of my podcasting network, Facebook groups who worked for Redbox. I just want to take a second and actually read the titles of these textbooks. This is what I'm learning right now. Human Development, a Cultural Approach. Statistics for the Behavioral Sciences. Abnormal Psychology. And Rigging the Game, How Inequality is Reproduced in Everyday Life. That's my sociology class. Hmm, I wonder if these topics will inspire any future musings of a flea episodes. We'll just have to see. I'm starting to feel more and more motivated with the time leading up to the university classes. I've started going back to the gym. I've gone back twice this week. I mean, I do have a gym membership that I purchased last year, and I kind of got stuck into a year-long commitment. And so, in my opinion, I might as well just go and get my money's worth. It's been a really good place for me to clear my mind and just get lost in the treadmill. Yesterday, I was listening to this funky song. I'm going to have to link it at the end of the show. It's called A Way Out by the Undercover Dream Lovers. And I started walking to the beat, you know, with a little pep in my step and just groove into the song. And I took joy in the fact that nobody around me knew that I was dancing. I was secret dancing. (laughs) But I really think the gym has been healthy for me. Plus, I'm not so anxious that the school is going to call every day because it's been so much better with my son lately. The med change has really, really helped. 
And that bracelet that I got him that says pause and think on it, it has been a vital tool. And I think that it has really helped him. Now I gotta admit something, about two days after I posted that episode about his bracelet, we lost it. We can't find it anywhere. So I've been looking everywhere, but just in case, I have another one on the way. And usually I wouldn't like reward, you know, carelessness with your things. But in this case, I honestly don't know what happened. It could have just slipped off of his wrist. Who knows? But he also feels very bad about it. And he helped me look for it all over the house. And we're going to use this as a lesson. Now, if he loses it again, then that's it. You know what? Maybe I should get a hand stamp that says it. Hmm. Now that's an idea. I might get that as a backup. A hand stamp that says pause and think and just stamp his uh, wrist every day. (laughs) It's a thought. Fresh new ideas happening here live. Well, it's always going to be live for me, isn't it? Anywho, I happen to have both my advising appointment and my doctor's appointment scheduled for the same day. And I didn't even mean for that to happen, but it just sort of fell into place like that. And I realized as I'm going through all of these social interactions, so many social interactions, that I have a method for kind of stuffing my social anxiety into some little place inside my chest and just reserving it. (laughs) Or, you know, because I've mentioned this before, but I had crippling social anxiety for the better part of my life. And now I'm so much better. And I realize that I've developed this technique That whenever I go in to talk to people, I kind of pretend I'm someone else, for lack of a better term. I imagine that I'm this, and you know what, you could also say that I am this or whatever, but I imagine that I'm this confident, go-getter person. Actually, there are two sides of me, because there's also a part of me that's like, make the other person feel important, make them feel like they are the savior of my world if they help me today. So I have a couple different approaches, but there's that same feeling of mentally biting down on something to push through something because talking to people can be hard, but not as hard as it used to be. So I'm quite proud of myself for that. I also have to remind myself to breathe because I find that sometimes I forget to breathe. I'm holding my breath whenever I'm feeling anxious and that can make it worse. So I have to remind myself sometimes, are you breathing? (laughs) A technique that my therapist a couple of years ago advised me to do when it's hard to look people in the eyes is to try to look at their earrings or look at their nose, try to focus on their face somehow, even if you can't look at their eyes because it will be close enough and it doesn't look like you're averting, you know, your gaze. It's very hard for me. That's one of the worst things for me is looking people in the eyes. And if I'm comfortable enough with the person, I'll just flat out tell them. I listen and by the way, it's just sometimes with my social anxiety, it's hard to look people in the eyes, but it's something I'm working on. And then just laugh it off and continue. But with strangers, I try my hardest to focus on their face. And it's not too bad anymore. I have to consciously remind myself though. Another technique that I use is that I try to train my brain to remember that everybody is the author of their own life and they are focused on what affects them. Everybody is inherently selfish. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that people are thinking about 
their timelines, their stories, and you are a character when you come into it. I used to be so butthurt that people weren't always thinking about me, that people weren't always considering what I might have thought about something, you know, like I would be very, very sensitive. Like, for example, I had some friends go to the movies without me. And in my brain at the time, it was me purposefully not being invited because they hated me. You know, that method of thinking. And so I've kind of trained myself to be like, hey, like, what about you yourself? What if you went to the movies with your friend? Are you actively being malicious towards this other random friend on the sides? No, like you're just living your life. You are the author of your own life. You don't have to report your every action to consider the needs of 20 million people. Okay, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but still, you get what I mean. Also, accepting that you have the right to exist in this world is a big, big thing. I used to feel very anxious on the roads when I'm driving, feeling like I was disrupting the flow of the cars around me. Like I was just kind of shoehorned into this already perfectly well-oiled machine. And that's not true. I'm another human on this planet. I'm a driver. I own the road too. And I deserve equal treatment. And I say all of these things with the footnote that I do slip sometimes and I do go back to that way of thinking sometimes. But the more that you enforce these methods of thinking, the more that you try to condition your brain, then slowly it will start to become normal. It will start to be like breathing, you know, just natural. It comes. It's an instinct. It's an impulse. And this reminds me of my son coming back from family therapy uh, he just came out of her office and he's like, I learned that you can control your brain. And meanwhile, I've been telling him this dozens and dozens of times because I'm trying to help him learn to recondition some of his uh, patterns of behavior. And I guess that just goes to show you the whole things sometimes have to come from a different person. Say it to yourself in a different voice, right? So it works that way too. Sometimes your parents are not going to teach you that thing. You have to hear it from another adult, have to hear it from your role model or from somebody who isn't always up in your face. So with that, I know I went all over the world here, but it's been an interesting week. And I'm hoping that once I get on a schedule, like a real school schedule, things will start flowing more and I'll have way more things to talk about. So with that, I want to thank you so much for being patient. This came out a little bit late. I apologize. Next week should be back on schedule. So thanks so much to Sandra Lerche for the song, I Know Something That's Going to Break Your Heart. And I will talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Okay,